I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, January 4th, 2020, our first show of the year. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and, in some cases, start conversations. We break the rules for Native Radio here. We don't do prayers, and we don't do Buffalo speeches. We take on the tough, uh, we, we take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind people that our audio streams on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. And we take video, or we also stream video on our Facebook live, our Facebook group pages. Let's Talk Native and uh, Let's Talk with John Kane via Facebook Live. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud for podcasts, and we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. You can follow us on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV. And you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk Native. Um, let me get right into it. Well, <laughs> Happy New Year, I guess. According to the calendar year, we uh, the calendar, I guess, we've started a new year. This is the 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 first show of 2020 uh, as per that calendar um and so what's new already well uh, apparently uh uh trump went to the old presidential playbook and decided that in order to boost his poll numbers he had to uh kill somebody and um so he committed an assassination against a a world leader a country that the united states was not in a war with um in a country, uh, in a country that the United States wasn't in a war with, um, pissing off both countries uh, and much of the world. And so what does it all mean? Well, beyond the potential for escalation and global conflict, which, which I'm always concerned about, I'm always concerned because it's always the United States being an aggressor against, oh, more often than not, uh, people of color. So it's it's either... U.S. military doing something against Native people or people in South America or uh, Muslim nations or, you know, just, just nations that, that have a different ideology than the United States. And, uh, and oftentimes those are people who are not white. And so that's, that's what we see here. But I guess my big question is, now that Trump has done this and has crossed this line, and as so many other presidents have done, so let, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like... Trump is the first to do something, you know, like this. He certainly isn't. But when do we, when do we as parents, as grandparents, as not just as Native people, frankly, as people in general, when do we say, look, we can't let our kids be a part of this U.S. war machine anymore. We can't let our children be pawns uh, at the disposal of, of a guy like Donald Trump. I mean, when? When do we, when do we draw the line? When do we stop? You know, because, look, I started seeing all these posts on Facebook over the last couple of days, and it's like, oh, dear Iran, it wasn't us, or we're not a part of this, and they don't like us either. And this is coming from Native people. It's coming from people of color. But you know what? Native people will, on the other hand, will boast about enlisting at the highest rate. I mean, we always hear this. We always hear that, oh, Native people enlist at the highest rate of any other group of people in the United States. Well, we can't boast about that and then say, oh, we're not, we're not a part 
of of this global aggression? I mean, we may be stupid about it, submitting our kids to this stuff. We may we and we can pretend that that's not what they're doing. I mean, we can also live the lie. Oh yeah, no, we are we we enlist because we're defending our land. No, we're not. No, we don't. That's not why people enlist in the, if you if you wanted to defend the land, you'd be taking up arms against the United States. You wouldn't be enlisting with the United States. You wouldn't be perpetuating the same thing the United States did to us to other people. That's not what you would be doing if you were defending land or 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 living or what's the other one? Oh, the warrior culture. Let, let's be clear here: soldiers are not warriors. <laughs> warriors are not soldiers. They're two different things. A soldier is a pawn. A soldier is somebody who does what they're told. They're they're told who the enemy is. A warrior's job, you know, at least Lordy Scott to get the warrior as as it's defined by us. Our job is to preserve peace. And, and that's the burden that we have. We have, we have the burden of maintaining peace. And sometimes we, we, we have to maintain that peace with force. But we make the decision to do that. We aren't, we aren't, this isn't dictated to us with this ridiculous hierarchy that, uh, you know, that is the military culture. We aren't told to dehumanize people the way the, the U.S. military does. That's not, that's not what we do. So let's be clear. The a war a so-called warrior culture and army culture are two different cultures altogether. So we can stop that. And, and we can stop pretending that that's what it is. And we can also stop pretending that somehow enlisting in the U.S. or the Canadian for, uh, armed forces is defending our land. It isn't. It isn't. The United States and Canada, the only time, except for fighting each other, you know, when Great Britain and the U.S. were fighting each other, They've never been attacked by a foreign nation. Even, I know, yeah, but what about World War II? What about Pearl Harbor? You know what? Pearl Harbor was illegally occupied by the United States. And you know what? When when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, and I'm not saying what they did was right, but they didn't bomb civilian targets. They didn't go after the Hawaiian people. They didn't bomb Hawaii. They bombed the just the ridiculous amount of military buildup that the United States had in Hawaii, why? Because they are, because the U.S. have we put, put that build up there because of Japan. I mean, this wasn't an attack on U.S. soil; it was an attack on on an illegally occupied land. So let, let's 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 put that to rest. And again, if we if we honestly wanted to defend our land, we'd be defending it against the United States. We'd be defended against the United States' interest, the same interest that has the United States bombing all these oil-rich uh, rich countries or these mineral-rich countries. So whether it's lithium in, uh, in, in Bolivia or whether it's oil in, in the Middle East. So we should stop lying to ourselves, for one thing. And we should admit that when we, when we encourage our kids to enlist in the U.S. Armed Forces or the, or the Canadian Armed Forces, we're giving them to them. We we are literally signing our kids over. And look, we don't do it. I mean, our kids have to be old enough to make those decisions. But if we're not discouraging them from doing that, if we and if we think that enlisting in the U.S. Armed Forces is is like a great option for life, I mean, so so the the idea. No, I I think making a career in killing people is a good idea. I mean, how's that going to look on your resume? Look, I, I know we, we can play all the GI Bill stuff and, and all the, the so-called careers that come out of the military. 
You know, the, the only career a military uh, creates is a military career. Uh, that's why you, you've got homeless vets you know, at, a, at a ridiculously alarming rate. That's why you have you know, vets who have uh, who mental illness, uh, PTSD, and, and, and all kinds of other things that, uh, that are not properly cared for by, by the U.S. military. Look, there, this is total exploitation of somebody stupid enough or naive enough to enlist under some false promise of opportunities that are going to be granted. And again, I know that there, there, there are contributing factors to why Native people enlist at a high rate. And, and, you know, and I mean black people and other people, too, of color. And one of the contributing factors is the fact that we don't have a whole lot of um, opportunities laid out before us. We don't have the privilege that white people do. So oftentimes, one of the ways that we try to earn societal credits is by by warming up to the uh, to the powers that be that run the military. We think, oh, well, that that'd be a good thing to you know that that'll get us something, that'll earn us some some credit with the uh, you know with the with the United States. Maybe we won't be looked down upon. Uh, we won't experience the same level of racism if we can say, oh, look, we defended the flag. We defended the United States. And, of course, that didn't matter. I mean, for there may be instances where, the, where that racism goes away. But it, it doesn't, it, you, you can look at story after story after story of Native person who, who, who enlisted in Going back to code talkers and you know World War One, World War Two, Korea, and and then when they return home, they still experience the same racism, the same lack of any hope for the future or prospects for the future. But if 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 we think that somehow our lives are so terrible that our best option in life is to be a U.S. soldier knowing what the United States does with that military. And let's not make any, you know, create any illusions about that. The United States is a is the global aggressor. They have been committed in some armed conflict throughout its entire existence, with the exception of like 23 years. That's the number that I, I, I always hear come, that's come up with. Only 23 years of the United States' existence has there not been an a military conflict that the United States military was involved in, whether it was killing native people, whether it was, you know, killing each other, civil war, uh, you know, whether it, uh, whether it was uh, their imperialism going into, to take over other countries, you know, or fighting off an ideology, not terrorism. I mean, think about how many resources went in to fighting communism. An ideology, not not terrorism, and don't give me it wasn't about human rights, but the idea that they had the red scare, billions of dollars has have gone has has gone into into this the, the Cold War era that went back and forth between China and and mostly the the Soviet Union or, or Russia. <laughs> now you got the president who thinks you know Vladimir Putin is you know is, is just a good guy. You know, he loves these authoritarian leaders and wishes that, and, and doing everything he can, but wishes, wishes that he could um, achieve that, that level, that stature. So he's doing whatever he can. So he goes to, the, again, when I call this a presidential playbook, it's because it's been done before. Start, start a, a conflict uh, because it, it'll boost your, your approval ratings. 
And what better time for Trump to do it in the midst of being impeached? Um, and, and of course, dogged by all of this, the morality questions and care, and, uh, you know, the, the, the character problems that he has, and and heading into twenty. Well, look, we're in twenty twenty. This is the you know election season, an election at the end of uh, end of this year. So start a conflict and and try to gain approval. Show that you're tough. Show that you're defending. And and, and that's the crazy part. That's the other myth. Show them that you're that you're going to defend the American way. You know what? This kind of aggression in a country like Iraq or Iran or any place else has nothing to do with with promoting some sort of American um, uh, freedom or, or or characteristics. It isn't. It, it's it, it's it isn't about defending anything. It's about being on the offense. I mean, killing this this general, this uh, this Iranian general, was an assassination, and 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 done in the most cowardly way possible with a drone strike. I mean, this isn't even taking a guy out, you know, uh, with a some sort of military exercise, or I mean, this wasn't a fair fight if you want, if there is such a thing. I mean, this is this is somebody with a joystick, just blowing people up. And of course, what follows will be retribution, and and the and the the suggestion that somehow it would be wrong for for Iran or Iraq, for that matter, to retaliate in any way. Let's back this thing up a little bit. Supposedly, what what began this escalation was a contractor, and most of these guys are like mercenaries. These guys are being paid big bucks for. Uh, for being in a country that they're not wanted in. So an American contractor, supposedly, although I haven't heard a name yet, was killed um, in in Iraq. And that is why the United States launched this attack um, against Iraqi-held territories. I mean, this isn't like ISIS, okay? This is, this is bombing targets in Syria. And th- these are, <laughs> the crazy part is, some of these weapons caches, might have been weapons the United States supplied. I don't know for sure. But, you know, you know, killed, uh, you know, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 people, I guess. I don't know if the number's even clear yet. So the United States does that. And then, uh, uh, less than a week later, kills the, the general, the, the supreme military official for, um, uh, for the Iranian military. Uh, assassinates him with a drone strike, and and another key figure, and and then you you get this these morons that 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 fail to be the so called adult in the room to keep Donald Trump from doing these ridiculous things, saying, "Well, we we thought if we uh, we could establish this foundation, we could we take these people out and establish a foundation for DS escalation." So you're going to murder people, and then think that that's the that lays a good foundation for de-escalation? I mean, that's absurd. And and I'll tell you, this really pisses me off. And and the reason is because I know people. I, I know people who are 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 going to be deployed here. And I'm I'm not a big fan of of, of young people being uh, of enlisting in the in the U.S. military for for these very reasons. I'm not a big fan of it. I I, I speak out against it all the time. And, and, and I'm bothered even more when, when native people do it. Look, 
I don't think that we should be a part of their military. I don't think we should be a part of their census. I don't think we should be a part of their politics. I don't think we should be a part of their religion. And and I'm not even condemning all that stuff. Some of it I am. But I, I just don't, it's not ours. And any of that that makes it into our lives is is done so through assimilation. And that assimilation has been something the United States has been working on since the moment they stepped on our land. You know, that's what white people have been working on ever since they stepped on our land. You know, killing us or assimilating us. Because either way, I mean, and, and Thomas Jefferson made it really, real clear that either either we are going to be crushed by them or we will become them, which would make us cease to exist as a distinct people. And that's, look, that's the definition of genocide. So anybody thinks that somehow assimilation is kind or gentle or, you know, it's giving us something. Look, I, I know plenty of Native people who take all that stuff, you know, uh, as much as they can get. No, give me, you know, give me all the Americanism you, 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 can, you can afford me. Of course, you'll never be equal to the white people. But no, we'll, we'll take whatever we can, you know. And, and the, the fact that they've taken so much away from us and whatever they give back doesn't even come close to what they've taken. I mean, in terms of lives and land and resources and freedom. I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd to think that the United States refuses to acknowledge that we have the right to uh, our independence, a free and independent existence. There, the whole basis for claiming that we, uh, we don't have that right is, is, is based on church dogma, the doctrine of Christian discovery, or as Steve Newcomb calls it, the doctrine of Christian domination, that, that somehow once a Christian came to our land, they could take everything, including us. So, the, so to see a country that wants to talk about freedom and and their bill their bills of rights and that kind of stuff i mean come on and when i hear when i hear the military and especially these young guys oh yeah i fought in iraq because uh, you know so you have the right to complain no you, nobody fights nobody's being sent to baghdad so i have the uh, freedom of speech are you kidding me can we stop that now? Can we can we at least agree that that's ridiculous? That's that that's absurd. How is uh, committing murder, an assassination of a foreign leader? How does that? I, I mean, how does that create freedom? For who? In case you didn't notice, hundreds of thousands of people have been spilling out into the streets of uh, of Iraq. Not even just Iran, but Iraq. Yeah, you know the country the United States was supposed to win the hearts and minds of by getting rid of Saddam Hussein? Hundreds of thousands of people have died because of what the United States... Because of a false war, a war that was uh, that was built on uh, on a whole false premise. The, the Remember the whole weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist? Well, if you think that was a load of bullshit, then let's listen to, to what Donald Trump is suggesting that the, the, as the reason for killing this guy. Oh, it was an imminent threat. Well, and then when you ask, well, well, what are the details of that imminent threat? Well, there are no details. There was no imminent threat. They said, well, well, he was traveling between, you know, Iran and Iraq. So that's an imminent threat. They have they had no intelligence that suggested 
that there was some sort of imminent threat to uh, to Americans. Look, there's always a threat if you're in a hostile region. So whether you're a, you're a, a, a one of these private contractors, which is you know code word for you know or euphemism for being a paid mercenary, and and you know who they're being paid by <laughs> by the United States. So when the United States doesn't you know the, uh, claims well we're going to reduce troops on the ground, they'll spend billions of dollars for these Blackwater types, for these these private contractors to go in. And these guys, they aren't even bound by the same, if there is such a thing as a code of conduct. They've committed murder, they've committed, they've raped people, they've done all kinds of terrible things. I mean, so has the U.S. military. So this one, I mean, it doesn't matter that it was a drone strike. I mean, the, the person responsible for it is Donald Trump. And who are, who's going to ultimately pay for it? Well, I mean, there there are still going to be Americans. I mean, every American, you know, frankly, I don't know why anybody from the U.S. Um, would would want to um, find comfort in living in Iran or Iraq. I mean, knowing what the United States is guilty of on a daily basis in, in some of these hostile regions, there's a part of me that says, you know, same thing I say about Donald Trump, you know, you get what you deserve. And, you know, so look, if you get arrested by an Iranian authorities and get charged with, with you know, spying or whatever else, look, I don't blame them for not trusting. I don't, I don't trust the United States either. I don't trust them one bit. And so, I mean, if they, if you, if you find yourself in a, in a, in a hostile situation, well, you're, you're there as an American, a hostile invader. You, you are essentially there almost as an occupying force so i don't i don't blame people for for treating americans badly in some of these places you have no rights there you have no privileges to be there and the fact that the that you know the president of the united states is going to suggest that he's going to you know murder more people if if anything happens to to an american i mean he even tried to tie um some loaded threat uh to the iranian hostage um uh, issue back during the, the the Carter and and Reagan administrations, and and his threat was to destroy um, uh, points that are, are uh, places of cultural significance for uh, to the uh, Iranians. I mean, that's exactly what the United States <clears throat> complained against ISIS when when they were destroying all these you know these historical treasures in in Iraq, all these these historical treasures that represented the cradles of civilization. The United States condemned what, uh, what, what ISIS did to some of these places. And that's exactly what Trump said. I got, I got 52, uh, you know, sites all picked out to, you know, to, to wipe off the face of the earth. Places that are uh, of cultural. He didn't say military importance. He said places of cultural importance. That's terrorism. You know, so look, I, you know, I know people. Well, that's you know, that's just superlatives. When you start, you know, you know, throwing that kind of hyperbole around, that kind of those kinds of exaggerations. No, when you when you are threatening to take away, you destroy somebody's culture. I'm and and look to suggest that the culture of these people is something that the United States has some obligation to eradicate. Is just it's just more white supremacy. You know, and it, and it's it's the epitome of white supremacy. So I, I come back to that same question, though: Can we stop giving our kids to this moron? 
or or the next one. I mean, let's be honest here. This isn't just a Republican. This isn't just a Donald Trump thing. <clears throat> no. One of the uh, um, the Democratic controlled House approved a one point four trillion dollar um, spending package. One point four trillion dollars. Three quarters of a trillion dollars was was military spending. Who knew that if you gave Donald Trump money, he uh, he would spend it. This is a guy who thinks, look, if we've got nuclear weapons, then you know why have them if we're not going to use them? Of course, let's not forget, the United States is the only country in the history of the world that's ever used nuclear weapons. Twice. On civilian targets. And and that's kind of what, what Trump's uh, uh, threatening here. Oh, he didn't say that, that he's going to nuke these, these cultural sites in, in, in Iran. But that's the, I mean... That's what's implied here. And of course, you've got Saudi Arabia and and Israel just chomping at the bit. What did Israel say? Oh, we're really glad that somebody murdered this guy. We're just glad we didn't have to do it. We're glad somebody else did it. Now, literally, this is what, what Israel's saying. Oh, we're, we couldn't be we couldn't be happier that you know uh that this general was killed, that he was assassinated. And we couldn't be happier that that we didn't do it. Yeah, but you know what? They they have just as much culpability, really. I mean, and now hundreds, or I should say thousands of young men and women are being, you know, deployed in, uh, into Iraq, right into harm's way. All of that campaign rhetoric about ending, you know, um, you know, troops in the Middle East and, you know, these costly wars and these perpetual wars. And so what does Trump do? To ring in the new year, ring in 2020, the year of his of his re-election bid. We're gonna we're gonna murder one of the most uh, um, important people in uh, in the country that the United States has the most hostility with, which is Iran, and do it uh, in, in a country that the United States already completely um, destroyed in in, in Iraq. I mean, it took out Saddam Hussein and created just this whole vacuum of power. That's why ISIS was created by the United States, by the United States' actions. Iran actually has probably played a bigger role in destroying ISIS than than the United States did, because Iran is like ISIS either. They're a whole different type of uh, Islamic, uh, you know, um, belief system. Yeah, and if that doesn't make sense to you, then then just consider. You know, Catholics and Protestants killing each other in, in, in Ireland, or you know, some of the you know what, what, what just took place down in Texas here. You had a a white guy in a white church in a community called White Settlement going to a church to kill people, and lo and behold, lots of people bring guns to church in Texas, and so it, it, a, sh- a church shootout. What could be more American than that? A church shootout in a town called White Settlement. Congratulations, America. Congratulations. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour, so uh we'll t- we'll take a break. Hey, look, we we opened up with uh with with Mary Porter and, and uh, I don't have a good song for this. I do have a good song for this, but it's uh it's it's uh Bobby St. Marie's Universal Soldier. In fact I, I put it as a um a comment on uh on the stream. But the problem is uh, because of copyright I can't play it on the uh, I can't play it on the air. It'll be it'll be taken off by youtube or facebook or even i don't know about soundcloud but yeah it'll be uh, it'll be 
muted if I played it. But by all means, listen to Buffy St. Marie and the Universal Soldier. She just puts it out there. If we stop letting our kids, if we stop providing the foot soldiers, look, I know they can still do the drone strikes and stuff like that. I mean, I know they can still do that stuff. But but one of the ways to send a message is to stop enlisting and stop. I mean, and Native people, people of color, white people are making a decision on who lives and dies. Let white people send their boys in. Let the Republican, all these people who support Trump, let their kids all be enlisted. And and I say that, and, and I don't even mean that. Nobody's kids should be, put, be placed in harm's way. Nobody's kids should be used for this. You know what? If you're, if you're one of those grown redneck adults who want to uh, you know, wear your MAGA hats, you enlist. Save your kids from it. You do it. All you, uh, all you Southerners down there with your Confederate flags and your and your MAGA hats, you enlist. See if they'll take you. All right, we'll take a break and we'll come back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native.
Thanks for coming back. Hey, I want to thank my sponsors. Um, they enable me to do what I do here and to have these conversations. And I know, I know some of these conversations are tough because you know why? For whatever reason, we're proud of that military service. I mean, even though many people were forced, you know, into you know into um, military service, including the code talkers. We want to pretend that we were the heroes and that we did some great good. You know, and you, you look at things like like World War One and World War Two, where it it seems on the face of the way history is told, you can you can clearly identify an enemy, somebody who did wrong, bad people, fascists, Nazis. You know, uh, uh, Hirohito, and you know uh, what I mean. The, the axis of evil in all, all of the, these these countries that as they were labeled I guess so I mean when you but when you when you look into it farther you realize that you know Japan had some had some reasons to be concerned about what mili- what the U.S. was doing and I'm not justifying look any uh, the idea of of racism and white supremacy whether it's you know Nazi Germany. Um, or you know, or you know, uh, British apartheid in uh, in Australia or in uh, in Africa, whatever. It, it's all racist crap to me. It's all wrong. But the idea of just murdering people, killing people, I, I want people to to again. I I always I mention this you know fairly often, but consider what the United States did to Japan in retaliation for bombing. A, a naval base they not only destroyed level tokyo where, where human where civilian populations live people don't talk about tokyo they always talk about uh, uh, hiroshima or hiroshima and nagasaki where they dropped the atomic bombs but six months before that they leveled tokyo and and, and four other major cities civilian targets in 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 one of the most massive Combined airstrikes in the history of regular incendiary bombs. I mean, uh, you know, not nuclear weapons, but just the the level of bombing that took place in, I think it was in March or, uh, I want to say it was in March, and off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I think it was in March of 1945. They they did this massive air assault and, and destroyed Tokyo, killing, you know, displacing and ultimately causing millions of deaths. Civilian targets. Japan never bombed Honolulu. And then they come back six months later and commit the ultimate war crime. Dropping two atomic bombs, two nuclear weapons on civilian targets. And and when they come out of World War II and they come up with these Nuremberg trials and they define what is a war crime, they, they leave the United States completely out of it. So I look, I know... As you know, the 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 veterans of World War Two, uh, you know the the few that are left, are really proud of their service and that kind of stuff. But there's some ugly parts of this thing, and the United States wasn't wasn't the good guy, wasn't always the good guy in this thing, and they haven't been since either, including 
you know, Vietnam and Korea and, you know, all of the the violence in the Middle East and, and other places. But but I know, I know people are, are proud of that service. And and I think we have to rethink about how we're used. You know, Dwight Eisenhower, I think he was a, I think he was a five-star general before he, uh, before he was elected president. He warned, he warned a Republican, a military man, he warned about the military-industrial complex. And invented the phrase, I guess. But he, he warned about that. And yet, nobody heeds the warning. 738 billion dollars in this next budget u.s budget for military specifically for military including space force the most ludicrous thing ever right 738 billion dollars that's over three quarters of a trillion dollars and the democrats hand this over so let's not pretend that somehow the Democrats are innocent. All um, look, um, Barack Obama probably committed more more war crimes than Donald Trump did with with his drone strikes and some of the things that he he did, and and Hillary Clinton. I mean, the, uh, you, know, you know, taking out Libya, and oh boy, they fixed Libya too, right? Look at every place the United States has been: Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya. I mean, there's still a, a, a look. They still have a, a, a demilitarized zone. There's still aggression with the North and South Korea. The United States didn't fix that. Uh, Vietnam. I mean, it's it, and and yet the United States has. I think they've got seventy military bases or mil, military bases in 70, 70 countries across the United, uh, across the the planet. If any other country had. Military bases, on uh, you know, on the U.S. doorstep, the United States w- would cry foul, and yet the United States has military bases on everybody else's doorstep. So, so what did Afghanistan say? Afghanistan says, look, "No, look, we know you have military presence here, and we are not going to let you uh, um, use our land to uh, um, to wage war against uh, against Iran or Iraq." So, the United States just burnt. You know the the crappy bridges that they've had built with some of these countries. Oh, sure, they still got Israel and Saudi Arabia, but I mean the 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 tensions that exist between you know U.S. and Turkey. Of course, Donald Trump loves a strong arm like uh, like Erdogan, loves a strong arm like uh, like Vladimir Putin from Russia. But it doesn't. I mean, these are countries the United States has has major problems with, and and continues to have major problems. Look. I think Donald Trump is the is the most ignorant human being to ever sit in the White House. I don't know that he was the worst president yet. Yeah, I don't know that yet. Modern day, perhaps, but they've all been terrible. They've all done, you know, they they every president, including the ones during World War II, could have been prosecuted for war crimes and should have. They won't because it's the United States and they control. So much of you know the, the UN, you know NATO, they control. I mean, every place that would would ever hold the United States accountable. <coughs> but I want to. I, I do want to back up because I, I I started to, but I I got right back into it. I do want to thank my sponsors. Look, we're we are in um, a new calendar year. We're in we're in twenty twenty, and 
we hope to do more of what we we we've been doing and including this show my shows in new york more videos we hope to expand and do um maybe some longer perhaps we're hoping to even do a full-length um uh, documentary this this year we're going to cover all the issues that are that are important to us and offer some thoughts as i'm doing today on on issues that are may not be our issues but we're involved in it we we so but we need your support for that and you know i want to thank ross and holly john and the rje family of business i want to thank eric white at erw enterprises i want to thank the folks at uh, grand river enterprises and uh, native wholesale supply uh, and you know the, the occasional you know check that shows up in the mail or uh, something that shows up in a paypal account that that helps um helps me buy another piece of equipment which is usually i mean usually that's what i do we we, we get a few extra dollars and, and we'll 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 buy something that that will enhance our sound or that'll enhance our videos so that's what we plan to do so i want to thank this, those guys who do sponsor on a weekly or monthly basis and I want to thank you, those of you who, who send uh, some contributions to what we do here, you know, um, just on occasion. I want to thank all of you. We could use more. So if you know anybody who, um, it, look, if you want to stand up to oppression, one of the ways to do it is to support those voices that are out there speaking against it. And And by having the conversations that we have here, we hope that these conversations will continue and that conversations will lead to action. You know that that that's the hope. So I'm gonna, I want I want to thank all of you who who support the work that I'm doing. Uh, I want to thank those of you who share the shows. Uh, whether you're sharing the um, the Facebook live stream uh, across Facebook, whether you're sharing the uh, the podcasts or the YouTube videos, I want I want to thank you guys um, all for that. And I also want to thank you guys for contributing. Uh, look, I, I see a lot of comments. I can't check them out while I'm doing the show, but I try to check them out immediately or during the break. Um, I see a lot of people commenting. A lot more people. Um, getting involved in the, in the show in the, in the live stream and of course afterwards uh, there's usually a conversation and and i try to use not only the live stream but but facebook and twitter um and and i'm getting into the instagram thing a little bit more but uh try to use those platforms to again provoke thought uh to offer a little critical thought to some of what is being spoon-fed to us and um it does it, the the reason or, or the, the the whole reason for doing it is to encourage the conversation so i want to thank uh, i want to thank all of you um but yeah it's um this situation uh, and the moment uh the escalation began uh, it, it was easy to identify that because presidents in the past have done this um i mean it was uh, george w bush who who did you know uh desert storm and then uh, you know, and you know, Clinton would do, continue some of that aggression. Is you know, the uh, uh, George, uh, w, or, uh, I guess it was George Bush the first, and then it was George W. Bush. So, and then it would be, and then it would continue with, with Obama. This military aggression, and 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 again, Hillary Clinton, those people who are who are still you know uh, aching over Hillary Clinton, Clinton losing the election to Donald Trump, even though she got more votes. I mean, her, she was not a dove by any means. She was all about some of this aggression. And so have some other other Democrats, including women. That's the other thing. It was all, the world would be a better place if it was all women run, running everything. Look, there are some pretty aggressive women out there. Albright, you know, Thatcher, uh, Clinton. 
I mean, look at this coup that is still uh, underway in, in Bolivia. Don't suggest... Gender is, doesn't necessarily um, uh, make a person right or left. <laughs> I, I I think it'd be great to see uh, women uh, use some of their sensibilities as it relates to trying to maintain uh, global peace. But there's no guarantees. I think that, look, we, we should be concerned. And as we go through this year, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, about the election in November. I'm not going to have a lot of talk, conversation about it because it's not my election. I'm going to offer my thoughts and my uh, uh, with, with some of the issues that, that come out and some of what's happening in the world that affects us. And the reason I'm bringing this up with what Donald Trump has done with, with this assassination is because I look I, I my my one of my grandson's cousins is 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 deployed in in Kuwait. He's uh, well, at least last I heard he was in Kuwait. And he's probably going to get sent to, sent to Iraq. And I know there's a bunch of native people. You know, there's a bunch of parents right here in Cattaraugus, very proud of their their children or their grandchildren for their military service and the fact that they're enlisted today. And I just want us to rethink it. And I I you know, like I said, <laughs> listen listen to it several times. Listen to Bobby St. Marie's um, Universal Soldier. It is it is literally addressing this whole idea of that of the role that we play in providing these boots on the ground, as they say. And and again, it pains me every time I hear Native people go off on, on about our enlistment rate and how proud they are of it. I mean, it's 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 really kind of bizarre when you think that they were shooting men old men women and children in 1890 it was the last massacre but our people have been been murdered all the way through that's why we have missing and murdered indigenous women that's why we have our kids that were our our really our grandparents uh, the generations before us when they were kids being abused sexually abused assaulted um beaten tortured and killed in residential schools, and and by the way, what do those residential schools prepare a, um, young native men for? One thing: military service. They didn't learn a skill that they were going to take to the workforce. And the women were taught to to serve white people, to be, you know, not to be homemakers, not to be mothers, not to not to tend to their own home, but to be maids and servants. And and the boys, they're taught to march. They're taught to be to enlist. That's all. There was, there was no skill. And and the fact that we look at our situation as so desperate today, not not a hundred years ago, but today, we still look at our circumstances so desperate that we think enlisting in the military is a viable um, option for life. And. Can we be clear and, and 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 not you know pull punches on this thing? The role of the military is to kill people. That's why they have guns. That's why they have drones. That's why they have missiles. That's why they appropriate seven hundred and thirty-eight billion dollars. And you know, and then when I hear the people, well, you know, we we that money's all about the troops. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That money's not about the troops. You know, the small fraction of that that actually goes to the to the human beings. Who are taking the, the toll, or who have to who have to live with the 
the anguish and the torture, the PTSD, all of the trauma, not nearly enough. Not And now, now the big push is to, is to encourage women in the military because it wasn't enough that they screwed up all the men. And of course, the, the rape culture that women experience in the military is is insane all by itself and and not enough attention gets gets paid to that look i don't want my sons and i damn sure don't want my daughters in uh being used as as pawns in in the u.s military industrial complex because they aren't defending freedom they aren't defending the constitution they're they're not even defending American interests. They're defending the interests of a few individuals. In this situation, the, the the guy who's sitting in the White House, Trump, he doesn't care. He didn't even know who this guy was a, a, a year ago. He didn't. So for for him or, or even half the morons that that are that remain in his cabinet. Most of them never even supported the idea of uh, of committing this this kind of assassination. They aren't going to come out and say it publicly. But many of his, the previous uh, cabinet members have. I mean, it's not like this guy is hiding. This isn't Osama bin Laden on the run. These guys are prominent po- political and, and military figures in uh, in a in a sovereign nation. Well, until the United States assassinates them. We don't know what's going to play out over the next several months. And, you know, if Donald Trump gets his wish, then, you know, there'll be some retaliation from Iran and um, and Americans will just jump right up alongside Donald Trump. Oh, say, see, see how they are? Ignore the fact that the United States has been committing, you know, murder uh, against these, these people who are, who are not even enemies of the United States, necessarily. And again, some of this all goes back to to one private contractor who was killed. One private con- one one mercenary, high priced mercenary, probably funded by the United States. And who knows the you know they haven't released any details on how on on his death. But that—that's what all of this escalation, including the the bombing that took place a, a little over a week ago, of several targets, and and now the the assassination of the second um, most significant person in uh, in uh, in Iranian leadership. Man. And like I said, I I know some folks who are probably going to you know, find themselves shipped to uh, to Iraq. And, and and the sad part is you become as much as native people become indoctrinated you know because of the the assimilation policies of the United States probably the worst indoctrination that anybody ever goes through is in the military because the first thing you have to be taught is to dehumanize the enemy first of all you got you got to somebody's going to tell you who the enemy is they're going to tell you to hate them and they're going to tell you to ignore their, hum- their their humanity. That they deserve to die. And that your job, when given the order, is to, is to see to it that they do. And, and of course, 
in pure blundering American fashion, you have friendly fire incidences where people are you know dying, including the, the, you know, the football player. I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. Football player who got all gung ho after uh, 9-11, joined the military, left a um, a promising you know NFL career. Yeah, Tillman. That's right. Yep, uh, Tillman, and was killed by his own uh, by his own men. I mean, and they won't even do, they won't even come clean on that. It, it, it took a long time for that that information to come out. You know, there's uh, part of this. You know, this uh, um, this whistleblower stuff, including um, uh, uh, Julian Assange and uh, who's the other um, um, uh, the other one who released the information. Who's uh, yeah, Snowden and the um, the other one who would uh, was transgender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, I mean, part of what some of these people were releasing was some of the the hidden information about um, um, some of the deaths that took place that were covered up or completely, you know, you know, mischaracterized, including you know strikes. I mean, there, were, there was a bunch of there was a Canadian battalion that got that wiped out by the United States. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. And you know, and the thing is. As much as you know, the biggest concern that that many people around here are going to have are going to be American lives. There are countless, countless innocent people being killed in these drone strikes, in in all of this stuff. I mean, when they say they 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 hit a a, a target, they don't talk about the collateral damage. How many how many children got killed? How many children were killed by by Barack Obama? Is there a number? Does anybody care? And and I'm. I'm not saying he's the worst, but you know, drone strikes was was his thing, and they and they continue to be uh, Trump's thing. He committed this murder, this assassination, wasn't done by a sniper. This was done by rockets from a from a drone. But at the end of the day, when Iran or Iraq or anybody else retaliates, they're going to find. Even if they don't find Americans to to retaliate against, they'll probably be more. They were they'll probably be, uh, innocent people. If there is such a thing as an innocent person in uh, in these areas, but they'll probably find innocent people or uh, or allies of the United States. They'll take it out on somebody else. So the, as far as they're concerned, the blood will still be on on the United States hands, and some of that blood's going to be, you know. It, it, it's going to be people who who signed up to be in the military because they didn't have anything else to do. They had no other options back home because the economy sucks. Oh yeah, you know, oh that that Wall Street took a big hit right after uh, you know after this Iranian attack. Three hundred points went down. Everyone went right back up again. I'm still down it, but you know what? Rich people don't don't get hurt by this stuff. Rich people don't have to strap on a uniform. They don't have to jump out of airplanes or helicopters. No. Poor people do. And, you know, look, and, and it pains me. When, when I think about, you know, guys like Muhammad Ali, who put so much out on the line to say, look, I, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to get this black man to go kill the, uh, you know, kill the yellow man for the white man who took land from the red man. I mean, that's, that's you know, paraphrasing one of his lines. He knew how much, you know, how how much black people were being exploited by the military. Our people still don't won't own it. They won't own that exploitation. 
We still want to be proud. And then we're going to post some crap on Facebook. This, oh, dear Iran, it wasn't us. We weren't a part of that. They don't like us any either. Yeah, yeah, they don't like us, all right, but we still send our kids into their military. At some point, folks, we've got to take a stand. I did a, you know, I, you know, just a, my final comment. I, I, I tried to post a poll on Facebook, and I was trying to break down what I talked about in, in previous shows about the the five areas that I think are are, are really uh, a potential crisis. Global conflict being one of them. When when I asked people that, on a poll, you know, how many think that the um, these five areas, most people just added stuff, but uh, um, these five areas are, are the biggest threat to their their quality of life. Global conflict wasn't even didn't even uh, barely even registered. Most people could care less, even though almost everybody knows somebody who's in the military or who may be going into the military. Yeah, it doesn't affect their quality of life, and you know, and they're probably right. But many people put put um, uh, climate change, and I think that's a, a fair good, a fairly good answer. Hardly anybody put um, economic collapse, though. And I found that interesting because I tell you, the ATM stop stop working tomorrow. Everybody, including myself, we'd all lose our minds because we'd have no access to to the currency that we that we feed ourselves with. That is probably the most dangerous thing. And, you know, rich people just keep getting richer. And rich people will be the ones who will pull the plug on those ATM machines. They'll, the ones, they'll be the ones who close the banks. But their money will still be available to them. But, but poor people will suffer. So, look, I, 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 this was an important issue. I mean, it's not exactly Happy New Year stuff. Um, and, you know, that's not, it's really not what my show's about. So, uh, I do wish people, um, a better 2020, but it doesn't look good. I'm sorry, folks. It just doesn't look good. You know, it's gonna we're gonna be mired in the political nonsense of a of uh of a an election that's already a debacle. I mean, it's already ridiculous. You know, and now this you know military conflict, and that's gonna be you know that this is all politics too. And of course, we still got climate change issues. We still have the growing tensions when i hear when i hear you know white southerners saying well if donald trump's taken out of office there's going to be a civil war well i don't really believe that but i mean obviously there, you would think that donald trump won't be reelected but i don't know i don't know i i don't have a whole lot of faith in in the left any more than i do the right and that's why i can look at both the left and the right and realize there, there's plenty of wrong on both sides so we'll see um, got a show on Tuesday, and I'm, then I'm heading back to uh, to New York on Thursday. So uh, catch my show in New York. Um, that is a talkback show, uh, which means that you can call me. You can call us in studio, and we take a full hour of your calls. It's a two-hour show. That's Thursdays on WBAI 99.5 on the FM dial. Um, we stream that show on Facebook as well, so you can you can you can watch the show, and you can dial in and talk to us. And I, I it'd be great to hear some from some folks back here from my Let's Talk Native listening audience. But, um, again, Tuesday uh, right back here and then Thursday in New York City. So we'll see you. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. You know